Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I'm so very thankful for each and every one of you. Merry Christmas. And um, I just, I love this time of year. I love being able to hang out with family. I love my church family, being able to spend time with you, get to see you, uh, get to know that you're here, hanging out, you're serving, you're giving, you're you're just, you're, you're connecting with people and making a difference. It's happening at Redstone. It's happening at Commerce. It's happening all over the place, and that helps us fulfill mission and vision. We want to build real followers of Jesus Christ. We want to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here in Northeast Georgia. Look, I'll make three promises to you. At least I'll try to. Three things that we want to try to accomplish when you come on this property and you make this place a a regular occurrence in your life. We are biblically based. We are going to preach, teach, and stand on the Bible. Family focused. I I just love that about this church. I want to be family focused. I want us to be focused on the family and help you win at home. And finally, number three, we want to do these things in order so that you can be personally known. You can have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, but you can be personally known in in an assembly of people that are moving in the same direction as you are. And that is powerful in the local church today. So we have to continue to, to, to keep making efforts to help people feel at home, help them know that they they matter to God and that they can be personally known in this setting. You know what? Because it, it, it really, it says it's not personal, but it is. That's what it should say, dot, 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 but it is. The sayings and teachings of Jesus that we've been going through in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are very personal. And generally, if somebody says something to you and says, it's not personal, <laughs> it's probably personal. And, and it, it, it has probably uh, cut you in a big way or hurt you in some way, and they have to say it before or after. But you know, it's, it's not personal. But it really is. And so what Jesus is saying in this sermon, and this is kind of the way I would break it down, in, in, in the first 10 or 11 verses, okay, we see the introduction of the message in Matthew 5. And and it's called the Beatitudes. And basically what that shows us is the kind of person that God blesses. It's the kind of person God blesses. And then he goes into, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. That talks about character and conduct, and it shows us the kind of person God uses. But the rest of it, from Matthew 5, 17 to the end of Matthew 7, If we see the kind of person God blesses and the kind of person God uses, the rest of it is about the kind of Savior that God sent. The rest of it is about Jesus. The rest of it is about Jesus relaying to them and now to us the true intention of the Word of God. The the true intentions of the teachings of God and how that relates to our life. And it's not about focusing on the sin or the sinner. It's really about focusing on the Savior. It's about seeing the Savior. Why? Because Jesus dealt with the intent of the heart. It's all about the heart. 
It's, it's about the intention or the true, the, the, the true source of our life. It is about our heart. Jesus came to rescue, heal, save, restore your sinful heart. And ultimately, that doesn't happen until we go to heaven. But that's the personal side of a relationship with Jesus. I mean, the, the, the words of God, the teaching of God is powerful when it's explained, but it's absolutely transforming when it's experienced. And so that's what Jesus is doing. He's dealing with the, the, the heart, the true intent of the word. Only he can do that. Everybody else in the history of mankind does it the other way. We have to teach this based on one of two things. Either the outward uh, display of this, how we live this out on the outside, or we have to examine the words and teachings of Jesus and talk about how he said to do it and what it really meant. Because Jesus is the only one who can truly deal with the intent of our heart. He's the only one that knows. I mean... If you could, tell me what I'm thinking right now. You can't. I mean, you could even tell me. You, you could try. You could look at me and go, hey, I bet he's thinking this, or I bet this is his intention, or I bet he died. You don't know. You don't know me. You don't know about me. I don't know you. I don't know about I, I can't get to the heart. Now, I can spend time with people, my wife, my kids. I spend a lot of time with them. And so I spend a lot of time with them, but I still don't really know what they're thinking. I can say to my wife, I know what you're thinking, but I'm not. I'm really just shooting in the dark. I have no idea what's going on in that beautiful mind. I don't know. It's just a web of multicolored rubber bands up there. That's what it is. I don't really know what she's thinking about. I can try to assume. I can try some, some trial and error and figure it out. But God knows. God knows who you are, where you are, and what you're thinking. He knows everything about your life. He knows every, everything that's good, bad, and ugly. Woo -woo -woo -woo. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, he does. He knows it. And, and here's the great part. He loves us anyway. He absolutely loves us anyway. And so we've dealt with murder, murderous thoughts, Murderous intents, lust and adulterous thoughts, divorce. We've dealt with anger, wrath, malice, lying, hypocrisy. And today we wrap it up with how to treat our enemies. Jesus simply says it this way. He said, you and I have got to learn how to release rather than retaliate. I love this right here. It said... It, I, 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 I just in this one passage alone, Jesus renders the law of retaliation obsolete because you are never more like the devil than when you seek revenge, and you are never more like Jesus than when you seek to forgive. Wow, that's a statement. And, and, and what Jesus teaches us today and what he says to us, what he said last week, what he says today is, is not giving, not allowing people just to run all over us and treat us however they want, but, but it's, it's more like us learning to be the anvil rather than the hammer. 
as it's, it's, it's learning to be uh, the person that, yes, we may get hit. Yes, it may hurt. Yes, these things happen, but, but we stay strong in this. And, and, and we, we stay strong and we sharpen other people and we help make them be more like Jesus. I wish I could say I do this all the time. I wish I say I could get this right, but I mess it up in all kinds of ways. And, and, and so when I see statements like this, they cut to the, to the deep parts of our heart because our human nature wants to retaliate. Our human nature wants us to, 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 to respond, react. Jesus teaches us how to release. And I'm going to say all of these teachings, all of these things were like a shock to the entire system. And he says it 14, over, I think it's 14 times, you have been taught this. You have heard that it was said this. But I say to you, do this. This is what he's saying is a shock to the system. Because when we follow Jesus' commands and teachings, we shock our enemies. We disarm their arguments and we reduce the heat in the situation. And what would the world look like today if we did this? If we let the teachings and the words of Jesus change our life, shock our system, maybe it would change the world. And that's it today. God's world is, or God's love is world changing. That's, that's the point. That's it. God's love is world changing. And that's what you're going to see in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's what you're going to see from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, 21. You're going to see that God's love is world changing. So, a few things about that. Number one today, love makes us more like Jesus. Love makes us more like Jesus. When I talk about love, I'm talking about the agape, God-like love, sacrificial, selfless love that the Lord Jesus laid out for us. Pastor, how should I live? How should I live this life? Live like Jesus. Pastor, I want to be a godly husband. How do I do that? Go read the words of Jesus and do them. Go, 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 go read the, the words written in red and live like that. I want to know what the Bible says about being a godly husband, about being a godly wife, about being a godly person. Go do what Jesus said. Where, when, how, everywhere, every place, every moment. And when you don't, say I'm sorry. When you don't, pick up the pieces and move forward. Because this is Jesus, he's teaching. He said, I mean, love, love makes us more like Jesus. He said, you have heard that it was said. Here it is again. You have heard that it was said. You'll see this over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. He says here, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Actually, the Bible doesn't say that. In this, in this, in this place right here, Jesus is, is basically calling out the religious leaders of their day because this is exactly what they taught. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Nowhere here 
does it say to hate your enemy? It doesn't. It doesn't say to hate your enemy. Jesus said to love your neighbor. He said the two greatest commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But this is what we all do. We assume that what the Lord meant, if he said love your neighbor, then obviously he means for us to hate our enemy. And so then we have to decide by that alone, who's our neighbor and who is our enemy. And so the Jews did that. And basically they summarized it by saying, anybody that's not Jewish is our enemy. And so we need to love our neighbor. But anybody that's unneighborly, we're just not going to have anything to do with them. And, and so here Jesus is rendering this statement, this teaching obsolete. He said, because I tell you this. I tell you, I am is talking. He, I, I am is telling you. The, wor- the, the, the word of God is speaking in the flesh at this moment. These are not the words of Jeff. These are the words of the I am. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Somebody else needs to come do this because I I fail at this. I fail at it. You fail at it. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Yes, sometimes you have to pray like this. Gritty teeth, God, I pray for so and so. What's the good old country song? I pray your brakes go out at the top of the hill. A flower pot falls from a windowsill and hits you in the head like I want to. I mean, you know, I get a kick when I, when I first heard that song. I was dying laughing. Not that I listen to country music. I mean, it was, I was just skipping through the channels and it was just there. I heard prayer and I said, oh, it's a Christian channel. It must be the fish. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and I crack myself up sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm just talking to a camera, man. I'm just laughing. But nevertheless, that's the way we do. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a new way to live. Remember, we focus on the sin and the sinner. Jesus said, no, it's not about the sin or the sinner. This is about the Savior. This is nothing to do with you. It's all about him. He's giving you a new way to see life and live it. Really a life that frees you. Really a life that releases you and doesn't hold you in bondage. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that, so that. Somebody told me one time to go through Scripture for husbands and wives. Find all the so that's in Scripture. (laughs) Do this so that this. You want to find out how to live life? Do that. Live this so that this. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that. Jesus said, you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He said, I'm I'm giving you the example. Here's the example. He displayed it for them practically every day on planet earth. He did. He did it over and over and over again. I think the ultimate one is him hanging on the cross. They're ridiculing him. They're the ones who put him there. And he looks at him and looks up at heaven and says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. 
And then Jesus gives us a comparison. He says, God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He does it. Here's some, here's some questions for you. Thought these might help you, okay? Because God's love is available to everyone. When are you going to stop casting your hurts on other people? When are you going to start living like Jesus? Who do you know that is hard to love? Make it your mission over the holidays to pray for and love that person. Be determined to do it. Why? Because God's love is world-changing, and love makes us more like Jesus. But when we miss God's love, our lives become toxic. Our lives become toxic. And the toxicity of hate It just infiltrates our life. The toxicity of hurt, it just infiltrates our life and it causes us to react rather than to love. It's love that makes us like Jesus. It's love that makes us different from the world. Love makes us different than the world. Jesus said, for if you love those who love you, here's a contrast, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? He said, he said, and if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Love makes us different from the world. The Lord taught that our Christianity is of little worth if it generates no loftier love than that displayed by the the tax collectors and the Gentile sinners, which is exactly, it's so funny to me that Matthew, a tax collector, is writing this. The Jews hated the tax collectors. You know, so many of the tax collectors, nobody wanted to be a tax collector. So the people that became tax collectors were people of low character and integrity. And so because of that, they wouldn't just come and take your taxes. They would add to that and they would take some off the top. They would skim some for themselves. And so the tax collectors were a hated group of people. The Gentiles, the people that are outside the Jewish people, the Samaritans, will define all of these things and look at them. But basically, if you weren't a Jew, you were hated by them. You see, more questions. How are you going to apply these things to your life? What are you doing today to surrender your life to God? Are you spending focused time in God's Word? What is He saying and teaching you? Are you asking God to shape your attitude and actions so that you can demonstrate His grace and love to a lost world? I mean, the majority of us would have to say no to those things. We don't do it. We don't spend time in the Word. We don't spend time in prayer. We don't spend time wanting to be more like Jesus. We stay self-focused and selfish in our life. And so our love for others is an indicator of our love for God. I mean, God's love is world-changing, especially if our love looks like Jesus, especially if our love is different from the world, because love changes us and love changes the world. Changes us from the inside out. Every one of these men taught the word of God as an outward expression. It's so, we do the same. 
I don't know the intent of your heart. You don't know mine. We can trust it. We can think we know. But here Jesus is dealing with the heart. And he's the only one that can do that. They don't even really know who he is yet. He's just starting to reveal himself to the world. And you and I are looking back on it, knowing who he is. That's all we can do. I mean, when we were sitting here looking at this, talking about the Beatitudes back in July and walking through those, we began to walk through them in August and talk about what else we wanted to teach and what else we wanted to share. And we just kept reading and thought, why not just do this? Why not just keep going? These are the words of Jesus. He's the one that's teaching this is about the Savior. And his love changes us and it changes the world. So this is what he says. Jesus says, be perfect. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Here, I'll 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 tell you, here's your goal. Be perfect. Great. I mean, he sums up all of the teachings in Matthew 5 with this statement. Be perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's given us something to receive, and he's giving us something to give. And what Jesus is saying here is that the only standard there is, the only standard there is to follow is this one, our heavenly Father. He said, that's the standard. It's not these Pharisees. It's not these rabbis, these scribes. It's not the prophets of old. It's it's not the patriarch fathers. He said, your example is your heavenly father. And he's perfect. So, you know, we look at this and go, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. The only one that was perfect was the one that was teaching. He was the only one that was sinless. Perfection is impossible this side of heaven. But it's more about the pursuit of it than it is the achievement of it. When you pursue God's perfection, you are pursuing Him. See, God's love is compelling when it's explained. But it's absolutely irresistible when it's experienced. I mean, man, it, it draws us in when we explain it. I hope it does. hope you like it. If not, you'll go to church somewhere else. I mean, it's compelling when it's explained. But it's absolutely irresistible when it's experienced. Why? Because let me tell you what God's love is. God's love is powerful enough to redeem your guilt. God's love is big enough to cover your shame. Yeah, God's love is real enough to heal your hurts. God's love is sweet enough to cure your bitterness. And God's love is beautiful enough to redeem your brokenness. In Luke chapter 10, after the Sermon on the Mount, later on, Jesus is visited by some teachers of the law. I love this verse. It says he's an expert. How funny is that? (laughs) 
I love this. Luke is writing, just then an expert in the law. That ought to make you chuckle. He comes to Jesus as an expert in the law. Okay. (laughs) You're talking to the law. You're talking to the word of God. Trying to explain the intent of the word of God to the word of God. Ah! And so here comes the expert in the law. He stood up. I love this too. To test him. Good luck with that. He says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What have I got to do? Number one, he's more than a teacher. Number two, you can't do anything to have or inherit eternal life. That only comes through Jesus Christ. He's more than a teacher. He's the Lord God in the flesh. And so Jesus is like, well, since you're an expert in the law, what's written in the law? How do you read it? How do you interpret it? And he answered. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Go and do likewise. And then the man Ask him another question, but first, I need you to help me. Who is my neighbor? And so Jesus tells him a story. He said there was a man walking along the road that was met by two robbers. He was beaten, robbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. Along comes a priest. A priest now a representative of the Word of God who should love his neighbor as himself, but yet he walks by on the other side of the road. Then comes a Levite, another representative of the church and the laws of God, the teachings of God, and he walks by, doesn't even stop to help. And then finally he says, but a Samaritan... Now, you and I, we hear the word Samaritan, and if you're like me, I go to the phrase good Samaritan. That's what this story is called, the story of the good Samaritan. See, for us, a Samaritan is good. A good Samaritan is a story of a person who did something good to someone else. But ironically, to the Jews, there was no such thing as a good Samaritan. The Samaritans were a mixed breed of people, Jewish and Gentile, mixed together. They were good. They were, they were impure. They were, not, they were not holy. They were not, I mean, the Jews had all kinds of thinkings about them. There was not a good Samaritan. If they were having to travel through, or, or if they had to go to a place that went through Samaria, they went around Samaria. Because no good Jew would go through Samaria. Because you would defile yourself just by walking through it. But this Samaritan comes by. He sees the man. He stops. He, he tries to help him. He bandages his wounds. He takes him to the local village. Puts him up in an inn. Pays the money for his stay and for his, his well-being. Food, clothing, shelter, medicine. And he said, and if he, if, he, if he has any other needs, take care of it. And on my way back, I will cover the bill. Wow. Mm. 
And Jesus is using that example to tell this man that that guy is his neighbor. See, that may not resonate with you, but let's do this. Let's just take whoever it is, what people group, what person that you despise the most. That's who that is. That's who that is. That, that's, that's, that's the person that either needs help or stops to help you. See, it's a story of true compassion, true love. Because when compassion meets action, lives are changed. Lives are changed. That's the power of the church. It's compassion meeting action. Lives are changed. Lives are transformed. That's what it is. It's a powerful thing. And when we see this take place, that's when the church becomes unstoppable. When we live and love like Jesus because it makes us like Jesus. Love makes us like Jesus. Love makes us different than the world because love changes us and it changes the world. God's love is world changing. Why don't you go and live that? Why don't you go and do that? Why don't you go and be that person today?